Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And greetings listeners. This is our letter to the podcaster edition of season three, episode seven of Sendition. We cannot wait for you to hear from our guests, Dina and Shannon today. Uh, could you guys please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dina. Hi, I'm Shannon. And they're the co-hosts of our uh, fellow podcast, uh, Thanks It's Thrifted. So before we get into more of what Thanks It's Thrifted is, would you guys elaborate on kind of your kind of your personal details about your life away from the podcast? Just a kind of a short intro. Sure. Okay. Um, my name's Shannon and I'm a teacher. Um, I'm a, a cat mom and a, and a dog mom. And um, I live with my husband and my grandma lives with us. Hi, I'm Dina. Uh, so I'm, we're both from Akron, Ohio. Uh, I am an avid thrifter along with Shannon, hence the podcast, Thanks It's Thrifted. I am a mom. I have a toddler and a small infant. And um, what else? I am a content creator, podcast host, uh, and a social media and brand consultant. Very cool. Um, Claire is also a cat mom-ish. I'm a cat mom of a Siamese cat. She's Aww. like this big now. So. <laughs> she's know, it's, so, it's just so weird. She used to be like really small, like this big. And I've watched her grow until like this size now. And she's getting like longer and longer. Aww. <laughs> so cute. Thanks. Um, uh, going back to your podcast, actually, if you were to elevator pitch your podcast, how exactly would you guys do it? I would describe the podcast as um, a platform for us to share the benefits, the cost, creative, and environmental benefits of secondhand shopping. We try to promote uh, content around those three pillars that um, help people see the, the cost benefits, how they can save money, and uh, how they can use secondhand and sustainability to uh, inspire creativity in their homes and their wardrobes. And then, of course, we talk about the environmental benefits as well of secondhand shopping and how um, uh, it's a great way to save the planet. I totally agree with Dina. I would say um, my quick pitch would be two BFFs that love deals, 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 um, and are all about the sustainability life as well. Um, talk about uh, what they find and what they learn. See, mine is a more buttoned up professional yeah. uh, and she makes it way more fun. <laughs> that description is way more fun. But yes, she's right. It's basically two friends talking about how much we love to save money and how we are trying to lead more sustainable uh, and creative lives. And how did the two of you meet or become friends? Um, I, I had a giant bowl of grapes. True <laughs> story. And I was walking down the hall at our old job and we used to work together, but like mm -hmm. not in the same department. And she was, she was like, Ooh, grapes. And I was like, eat my grapes. 
And ever since then, because they were good grapes, they were. I still remember those grapes. Yeah, yeah. Ever since then, we like hit it off and started all over grapes. Like seriously, but we worked. We worked in the same building. Yeah. Mm. Were they the cotton grapes, the green ones? No, no. <laughs> no. I don't even think those existed yet. This is like back like 2008, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is green grapes not? a thing like was it is it a new thing no they have green grapes it's just not the cotton candy kind yeah, i'm pretty sure oh. yeah yeah that's kind of cool all over a big bowl of grapes <laughs> yeah totally. that's how y'all bond i guess and then we, we cool. quickly learned that uh so that's that's exactly how we met over a bowl of grapes and then my favorite story to tell is that shannon would compliment me in in her own special way she would say things like, how do you look so cute at work when I know we both make the same amount of money? And I was like, oh, hey, I'm a thrifter. And she's like, no way. So am I. I've been going to garage sales and yard sales and thrift stores my whole life. And mm-hmm. so that really was a huge part in um, our friendship and how we connected. And then we quickly realized we have the same weird sense of humor. <laughs> and uh, we've been friends ever since. Wow. Sounds very cool. Um, just like since you just mentioned that you two are thrifters and even lifelong, I think a good question to ask is, you know, what's the first item you've thrifted and when and where did you get it? If you remember, of course. Well, I'm pretty old, guys. Or how about this? What's like the favorite thing you've ever thrifted? Oh, um, I'm gonna say uh I found like, I found like 10 troll dolls all at the same time, like the old school 80s troll dolls, not this uh-huh. new, new age. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I found them like all together and they were like, they were like Santa troll and um, uh, aerobics troll and mm-hmm. um, just regular ones. It was just, it was the jackpot. It was kind of just like the coolest moment that I was able to find all of them together. And I was pretty excited about it. I actually do remember the first thing I thrifted or one of the very first things. It's because she's younger than me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I um, so I grew up between the Middle East and the United States. I lived in Jordan for a big chunk of my life. And that's where I really was introduced to uh, secondhand shopping. But we didn't really have a big thrifting scene in, in Jordan, um, mostly because we don't produce and consume as much as we do in the United States. So there's not like a lot of in circulation. So we would get a lot of secondhand goods imported from other places. And so um, I remember one of the very first things I thrifted was a pair of knockoff Chuck Taylors. And uh, I thought I was the coolest thing ever. This was in the nineties. And so it's just stuck with me forever. And when I moved here, I was really introduced to the world of thrifting because the thrift stores here, especially in the mid, I guess we're considered like the Midwest, Mid-East region in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like some of the best thrifting in the United States. So it was like a whole new chapter had opened up in my life. <laughs> is there a reason why that area is the best place, one of the best places to thrift? You know, we talk about this all the time and we like to ask our guests who are from this area uh, that same question on the podcast. We have some theories. I think um, just historically, this area um, is just very thrifty. 
So we're not, you know, we're not on either side of the post. So um, we um, we just really love a good deal in this area. So our thrift stores and our consignment and antique stores and everything kind of reflect that. And the cost of living here is a lot cheaper than the coasts. So mm -hmm. everything is just cheaper. Um, and then we like, I think, and you might be able to speak to this, but we just like a lot of really weird quirky things in this in this area. So you find a lot of one of a kind handmade items. Um, you won't find as many brand name things uh, mm -hmm. as far as labels and designers. I mean, we definitely have our fair share, but um, as far as like home goods and, and housewares and things like that, we, we have a lot of really quirky things probably because we spend a lot of time at home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, part of me wonders if um, I, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but part of me wonders if if it started with antique shops. You know, I feel like antique like antiquing in this area has been huge for a year. You know, I don't know decades, honestly, maybe even longer. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I wonder if it's based off of that, and maybe like I don't know old old trends that become new again. Like they talk all the time about how millennials started cooking again in the in the home and like started bringing like old farm time kind of things back into the kitchen. And those are the kind of things that you find at the thrift store, you find at the antique stores. And I just, around here, and I just wonder like, if part of it is the, the our generation, like the millennial generation that like wants to go find those things or maybe in the past they didn't, I, I don't really know. I'm just, you know, talking mm -hmm. talk, but um, that's just an idea I had. I don't, I don't know. Um, makes sense. That's a good history lesson. And I think uh -huh. we see it with like, um, well, we're the generation after, so Gen Z, and we definitely see this rise in like, kind of like, going back to the nostalgia of the 2000s, and even to like the trend of like the retro 70s, 80s, 60s, like that, well, that's three decades, and that was a lot, but kind of going back, you see the trends recycle, but a lot faster. Yeah. I thought you were going to say retro 90s. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> retro <laughs> 90s. Oh, we're not that's, that a, that's pushing a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> retro 90s. And I know because of those trends, that's a big thing with like fast fashion, right? Because it's kind of keeping up with how fast the trends oh, are that's going. True. Yeah. And since you're a thrifting podcast, I would love to know more if. Maybe that was a factor, obviously a factor of why you started this podcast. And if so, what are the other things? Like, what was that one point where you were like, we should start this podcast? I had uh, been blogging uh, on dinasdays.com for 10 years. It was at our 10 year, my 10 year mark. And um, just talking about thrifting and style and um, all of that stuff. And I was really noticing that, I was noticing that uh, podcasts were becoming more popular. And I, Shannon was listening to a lot of podcasts more than I was. And um, I don't know, I just, I felt like it was a, it was the next step, next phase for the blog. Uh, it was time to branch out and try a new platform. And so we thought about maybe, well, I, let me rephrase it. I had thought about maybe doing an interview-based podcast which is what most thrift podcasts at the time were doing. I think there were like two other podcasts out at the time, one or two about thrifting, and they were 100% interview-based. But I thought it would add a little, I don't know, more of an interesting element if 
Shannon and I did it together. And we just kind of had fun with it since that was just such a big part of our friendship and um, mm -hmm. how we met and really how we spend our time together. And so um, instead of doing an interview-based podcast, we decided to co-host it together and just take a lot of the content that I was already talking about on Dina's days and digging deeper on the podcast because it allowed us to really expand on some of the topics. And it was cool. We had a lot of... Um, a lot of people come from the blog and it was nice because there was, I already had that built-in audience. So it was for those who enjoy podcasts, it was just another way for them to uh, engage with me and then, you know, meet Shannon. Yeah, I, I am pretty much like, I don't really have more, like her and I talked a lot of, we, let me back up. Her and I talked a lot about thrifting and we had like really great conversations and I think that we wanted to take that and put it out there because a lot of times you just feel like in the thrift store on the way home having this great conversation about fast fashion maybe like somebody probably wants to hear us talk about this or somebody probably doesn't know what fast fashion is and we should teach them and so it kind mm -hmm. of derived from that like just wanting to get more information out there learn more information from her followers and then just kind of have fun. Yeah, and that's that's exactly actually how my blog started back in 2009. I blogs were brand new on the scene. I mean, they're not as popular as they used to be, but they were brand new on the scene and I felt exactly like that like, oh, I love talking about a good deal. I love talking about thrifting. Somebody else might want to talk about this with me too. And so that's kind of how the blog started and um the podcast was the next step. Gotcha. So before you guys started this podcast, were both of you fans of podcasts? Like, were there any specific ones that you guys listened to? It's funny because I think she reminded me that when we talked to you guys or the other day, when we talked to CC the other day, um, that we really started with cereal. Like, yeah, she was listening to it. I was listening to it. Her sisters were listening to it. Mm -hmm. And we were just like going nuts because it was just so good. We couldn't get enough. And I think that's when it all started with cereal. And then, um, of course, I dropped into a bunch of NPR ones because you can never, you put, like, you'd have to find it on the radio before. And then all of a sudden it was mm -hmm. like access anytime you wanted. So it was just like a different world to be able to listen to like This American Life anytime you wanted. Or um, what's that game show? We, that, do you remember that game show we used to listen to? Is it Wait, Wait, Don't Tell wait, Me? Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. We used to listen to that. We listened to it on Sundays. And then all of a sudden yeah. you could listen to it anytime you wanted. So it was just like a different world. And then um, I started finding more and more that I'd like to listen to. Um, and I think like uh, Revisionist History or um, Armchair Expert or um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but just like, there's a bunch that I just randomly listened to. I remember we, um, we went nuts a little bit a couple of years ago over Dr. Death too. Yeah. Those ones that like, just keep you going in like every week there, they put out a new one. And, um, it's like, it's like your favorite show on TV. You can't get enough of it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, um, my podcast is about thrifting, but like 90% of what I listen to is true crime podcasts. And then, uh, yes. then the, like the, the rest of it, the, the 10% would be um, like, just like a hodgepodge of like entrepreneurship and a lot of NPR, mm -hmm. um, This American Life, How I Built This. Uh, I just realized that I was like scrolling through my podcast 
library and I'm like wow there's a lot of true crime in here <laughs> true crime is very interesting in my opinion yeah it's it scary is. though yeah you know, that's why I love it until I don't like I, I'm like I'll just be like driving home listening to it and then I'll be like but what if the guy behind me right now is this the guy and I'm exactly and then I have to stop listening to it and then I have to listen to like you know Dak Shepard act like a goober <laughs> and aren't you expert so yeah like if you're driving home at night or something by yourself it's like is there somebody with me in the back seat? Yep. Yep. <laughs> What's going on? That's scary. The first time I ever actually listened to, because I'm not, I don't really like crime. And I remember Claire, when we were younger, Claire was very into these, like those BuzzFeed Unsolved videos that scared the oh heck out of me. And these like, yeah. she would show, she'd be like, Cece, come over, watch this video. And it's like this animated cartoon of like old myths and like horror myths. And I would be so freaked out. So I like I never listened to any of the true crime ones it, until two weeks ago when I was coming back from a meet and I, we were with other people. So the driver was like one of the other um, team members and she was oh. she was really into true crime. And she's like, I'm going to put it on. And mind you, it's about like 10 p.m. at night and it's like dark and we're driving and it's just the three of us, like three girls just driving in a car. And mm. <laughs> I fell asleep. Because I was so tired. But oh, you fell asleep. I was so scared. I was, I mean, I, got, I was knocked out. But in the beginning, I was like, why do people choose to listen to this? Like, why do you want to be scared like this? Why do you want to torture yourself? Your body just <laughs> shut down from the fright. But there out. is something very, like, addicting, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the thrill. I don't know. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, um, escape from your everyday life it's like you know, true fingers crossed I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to more of the process and the idea of your podcast so could you tell us more of what it was like between when that idea popped into your head to putting out your first episode like what were you researching to do like figure out like what mic to buy what platform or editing thing to use like how do I plan for this like all that um I think from the beginning we started looking at a lot of stuff on YouTube seeing what other people were doing um looking for a cheap option because we didn't know how long it was going to last and we didn't want to put a bunch of money into it um I know we looked at a couple a couple different podcasts like um I'm trying to think it was it was weird where like they hosted you, but the sound quality was really bad and you could like use your phone to record people. Oh, Anchor. Anchor. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Anchor. We, we use like, Anchor to publish. Oh. We don't use it to record. Yeah. It seemed like it was going to be easy and then it just sounded bad because we were trying to record with it. Yeah. So yeah, um, we were looking into to that type of thing. And then there was just a lot of trial and error because yeah. I mean, both of us were kind of just like new at, at, at this technology part of it and just kind of trying to figure it out I think it was the same for us a lot of trial and error I think actually we used to record in the same room back before COVID started so we only had one microphone mm-hmm. and then after COVID started I had to like oh like try to figure out how to record through my own means so I think I ended up just using like a Apple not AirPods, so like the wired earbuds with the mic to record. And honestly, there's such like a big audio disparity between me and CC because while mine sounded like 
think it was fine in my opinion, but you know, there's still a big quality difference because you know, professional mic versus wired earbuds. Yeah. It wasn't until like kind of recently when we figured out we wanted to or which mic we wanted to use together. So then we would all record on Audacity, use the same exact microphones, and then it sounded like we were in the same room together recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So finally we got figured out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it is one of those things. I even think that like, you know, big podcasters are constantly learning because there's always new technology. There are always different ways to record. So it's definitely, I mean, we've been doing it for three years and we still have technical difficulties. We just could not figure it out even just this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just, you know, I, I try, I stress about it in the moment. And then after the fact, I'm like, it's not the end of the world. You know, we can always re-record or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Um, but from idea to production was a pretty quick turnaround. I think we had talked about it for so long and then it was kind of near the end of the year and I'm like, we should just launch in January. So let's just hurry up and do it. Uh, and so that's kind of my personality though. Like I, I tend to be a little impulsive sometimes. I'm kind of like, let's do it and we'll figure it out as we go. And that's enough, kind of yeah. how it ended up being. We did a ton of research, but I'm telling you, every single time we record, and we're 70 plus episodes at this point, I learned something new uh, as far as like productivity, efficiency, interviewing, audio, like there's always something to be learned throughout the process. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing for us is the audio editing. There's so many nuances in this that we had to learn like right off the bat, just because we're so new to, like we were so new to this, right? Just started everything, so... I think like the earlier episodes, the audio quality might have been, eh. <laughs> <laughs> we've learned, yeah, we've come a long way. Our first episode we recorded in my dining room and there was just a huge echo. And then we were like making makeshift studios with old doors that I had. And then during COVID, we, we had to figure out how to record over Zoom and now we do a little bit of both. Sometimes we meet in person. Sometimes we do it over Zoom just because of our schedules. And um, we just kind of figure it out as we go. But I will say yeah. the one the one really important thing for us has been uh, mics, which have not been too expensive. You know, you can find a good mic under $50. Honestly, yeah. Um, looking back at your very first podcast episode, how much have you guys evolved your podcast? And this can be in terms of production, content, purpose, voice, audio editing, marketing, etc. When I think about our first podcast, I think of breathing heavy, um, being scared to talk, um, trying to read off of a script, sounding scripted. Um, like I just, I was like all the things that you think of when you're going to be like in front of a camera. Or like, you know, like when people are like, it was the first time I was on TV and then they just like totally flop. That's exactly all I was doing all those things. And I remember Dina would be like, Shin, you got to stop breathing so heavy into the mic. I have to edit all of this out. Oh, that's and so it, mean. No, but, but like, I didn't even realize I was doing it because I'd be like waiting my turn, but I'd be really, really close. And so I just be like, 
you know, so and I, I was just waiting my turn like it, it so it's not like it's not like I was like actually breathing heavy it's just the mic was picking it up and I was just waiting my turn and nervous and like scared that I was gonna say the wrong thing and mm-hmm. I was just a hot mess until I realized like the whole reason we're doing this was like to have fun and to learn from each other and um it was it was just funny from like how I thought it would go because like I was one of the like I kept telling her like let's do a podcast let's do a podcast it's going to be so much fun. We can talk so easy together and mm-hmm. people want to hear it. And then, and then it's time. And like, I choke, like I choke for like a year. Like I just be like, or like I had to learn like not to constantly go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh to everything she said. Cause I was like, I listened back to it. And I was like, Oh, I'm so annoying. Like I can't listen to me. How can anybody listen to that? Okay. She's being way too hard on herself. <laughs> <laughs> she is being too hard on herself, but there is, there is a level of, of truth to that. I think as far as like going into it, we thought that it would just be just two friends shooting the breeze and then you quickly realize that for somebody to give up their time to listen to your voice uh you really have to deliver and so we still maintain that level of okay it's just two friends having a good time and you know the banter and the dynamic but we still had to have structure we still wanted it to be well you know high quality. We still wanted there to be a takeaway, a story, something involved uh, in, in, in the process. And so we had to kind of tweak some things like, you know, we had mentioned before that we did a lot of just kind of a lot of shooting the breeze in the beginning of the episode. And then we had some feedback where it was like, you need to hurry up and get into the point of the episode. So we would add, we would add that at the end instead of the beginning. Um, and then it was also really important for me, and it's still important for me, since the blog, the podcast was an extension of the blog, I really wanted it to be, to kind of maintain that in, same integrity, right? Like I, I wanted to be able to make sure that it was educational and valuable and, and um, uh, helpful for people. So that, that was always kind of like a focus for me, like how is this going to be relevant to the blog and my purpose on there? Like because a lot of those listeners came from the blog. So mm-hmm. I, I had to make sure that I delivered accordingly so that it wasn't just this rando, you know, this completely random podcast that had nothing to do with what I said I was going to be doing. Right, like catering to your clientele. Yeah, yeah. And how did that kind of change how you prepared your first, like your episodes? I know you mentioned it was scripted before, like for the very first one, like it was for ours but what is it now? Uh, we def- yeah, we definitely don't script it anymore. We have an outline. Uh, I usually prepare an outline. We come up with ideas together and then I'll prepare an outline um, mostly because whatever outline I use, I end up using on the blog. It ends up being oh. a blog post um, because my podcast is through WordPress. I, it's, it's fully integrated into my website. Uh, into my blog. So we'll usually repurpose that into an actual post. So a lot of our format follows tips, bullet points, um, you know, five things we learned or five tips for blah, blah, blah. Um, so we follow a lot of that uh, type of format. So I'll, I'll prepare an outline, send it to her. And then um, she usually just improvises. Yeah, I, I can't, I do really poorly when I come up with what I'm going to say, because then I keep going back to Oh, I had that really great idea. I have to read exactly what I was going to say. But if I just am off the cuff, I'm so much more 
uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like very different from like a script versus wanting to say just what you want to say right off the fly. So mm-hmm. I remember when we scripted everything. Oh my gosh, our first script was like sentences, not like bullet points. It was like you say this, and then you say this, and then you say this, and yeah. then we were just like. It was like a historical documentary. It was so weird. Oh, it's so time consuming to write it all out. But if you can I have- know, exactly. So we're just like even now we switch to outlines, just bullet points we want to say. And if we get off track, that's fine as long as we, you know, get back to what we want to say at the end. Yep. Right. So that's much better than you know, reading off something constantly. It was Honestly, I think about that time and I cringe. Oh, I know. I Every time. Of, I cringe at some of the things we did too, but it's, it's, it's fine. It's part of the growth process. It's a learning experience. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. So in terms of post-episode, how do you guys split up the editing? <laughs> Dina does everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously, she, she rocks it. I am... I don't, I don't know. I don't do it. Yeah. I, um, I just do all the editing uh, because all of it's managed on my website. I don't want to have to bother her. Uh, I just do all the editing, um, in audacity and then write up the posts, put it on, uh, my WordPress. It it would honestly be more work to have two people do it because I'm mm -hmm. already on my website and in my, in our, um, blog hosting platform, pretty much every day anyway so it's it's just so much easier for one person to take that on so it's like mostly linked to you from what I'm hearing yeah okay yeah it's all part of my existing website so it's just a branch Mm -hmm. off of that so I already made that day to day so it's just easier Mm -hmm. um so one thing for any podcaster is definitely the marketing, right? So the marketing is where you kind of get people to listen to you. But at the um, something we want to hear about is your perspective on marketing yourself, because for us, like our podcast is also our voice, so it feels very weird. Like we, like I know Dina, you're a content creator beforehand, right? But um, I'm not sure. I feel like most podcasters, it's kind of not in their background to market themselves so publicly. And it's kind of scary. Like I feel very vulnerable at times because like when I do it on my, like, like kind of my personal account, I'm like, oh, these people know me. Like, I don't know if I want them to hear it. Um, But at the same time, I know that like they already know me, they'll like hear what I'm saying. So we just want to hear, like kind of listen to both of your perspectives on what it feels like to market your voice through your podcast and yourself basically. I feel like we're really lucky because Dina has the background that she does um, and because she's had the blog for like, what, 15 years, 12 years. years. Um, So because she has that background, I feel like she already like, you know, knows exactly what to do. And she's following the trends on the new things that people are doing. um, And she knows how to market us. So it's just like, it's almost like for me, I'm just like sitting in the backseat, like, nice job, Dina, you got this, you know, because it's like, She's got Dina's days, which has been around forever. And then she's got this connected to it. Um, she has an Instagram that has like, what, like 30,000 followers or something. 
yeah 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 like 30 yeah like 30,000 followers so it's just like he's got us you know what I mean so it's like um I and then I think something that she's really great at is coming up with new ideas all the time so um when people are seeing her on Dina's days or seeing her on uh thanks it's thrifted they can you know see each other they can cross and like see each other on the other website you know, so we're pulling mm-hmm. people in maybe through the podcast or so pulling people in through the Dina's days and then they can see both mm-hmm. through her website or through her Instagram and um, and then through her TikTok because she's always making funny content with cool thrifted stuff. And I think that uh, people resonate with like fun, you know, quirky kind of little videos and things that she makes and more and more people are, are listening. Uh, yeah, so... I can relate to your comment about being feeling very vulnerable and being kind of embarrassed to share your projects and your content creation and your podcast. Um, in fact, when Shannon and I met at my job, I had the blog for a couple years at that point, and I didn't tell anybody. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would keep it from people all the time, and then slowly over time, um, I became more open and flexible. And I, I'd be lying if I said that even when I was still working in an office setting, like 10 years into blogging, it still felt weird for coworkers to follow me on Instagram and to read my blog. And I had coworkers that listened to the podcast and it's, it's kind of weird because it's, you know, it's so close to you, but Mm -hmm. those are your biggest supporters. You know, like you said, those people know you, they, they're rooting for you. And so, um, I had to move past that and I'm, I'm glad I did because it's, you know, those are the people who care the most. Um, but yes, marketing is a huge part of, of our mark, you know, our strategy for the podcast. And, um, I just, I just blend it all into what I'm already doing through Dina's days. It's all, you know, the same type of content, the same fan base. So I just kind of embed it into what I'm already doing. Okay. So has, excuse me, so as your podcast has, you know, gone off the ground, have you noticed any changes in the way you consume media, such as, you know, advertisements for other podcasts on social media platforms? Um, I don't think I've changed. I still make sure I skip through all the advertisements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? I can't take it. I'm always like, hurry yeah. up. Yeah. 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 But no, I don't think that I, I listen differently. Um, uh, no, I just assume that most of the things I listen to have like a sound engineer and, <laughs> you know, like things that, that aren't accessible to us. So yeah, no. I do. I, I listen differently. I, I actually, I used to always fast forward through the ads, but now I listen to the ads to see the way that they um, communicate them, how they're uh, embedding them into the episodes. I listen to, uh, I pay attention to the way people format their, uh, the flow of their podcast. Um, one thing I've been really paying attention to because we just this past year started um incorporating more interviews because we're, we're not an interview-based podcast. So we had a couple of sponsors that wanted to specifically sponsor interviews. And so um, I had to really pay attention to how other podcasters interview their guests and the type of questions they ask and how 
not to interrupt them and things like that. So I, I have like a different listening ear now when I listen to podcasts. And it's mostly because I do the editing and since Shannon doesn't, I pay attention to those little things because I, whatever I can do upfront will save me time in the editing process. Yeah, that I feel like for us, I mean, yeah, for us, it's also like kind of appreciating what other people are doing. Like when I'm listening to your guys's, I appreciate how you guys, your dynamic and your music. I really like music. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's all my husband. My husband's a musician. Wow. He wrote, oh, okay. Um, those songs are both off of his album. Oh, interesting. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know, that. know that. Yeah, I should say that more on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because shout out to a husband. <laughs> Dina's husband. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was cheaper than paying for royalties on uh on the podcast and then I mean it just makes sense like my husband's a professional musician why wouldn't I use his music why would I use somebody else's uh that's true you know so it just it was easy I just pulled up his mp3s and threw them in the podcast <laughs> you should tell him the good good sound and it's I, I think will. it fits very nicely with um your dynamic thank you so uh, one thing you had mentioned even in the beginning that you're both like longtime thrifters and it I think it's pretty safe to say that thrifting has changed quite a lot since the beginning. So I was wondering if you guys have any observations about how not only is the how the conversation around thrifting is changing, but also the content, right? I feel like there's more stuff out there for people to know. And I, maybe it's because, well, I mean, I obviously everybody has some sort of bubble, but there's definitely a target audience for a lot of the thrifting content. And I feel like it's also not reaching certain generations. Hmm. Yeah. Have you noticed a change at all? A change since we started or since mm-hmm. we started thrifting? Um. I would definitely say yes, we've, I've noticed a change. Um, I think that we have people that are more um, eco-conscious than they were before. They're not thrifting because they can't afford to go to Target. They're thrifting because they know the repercussions of going to Target. Um, And that people that make the fast fashion clothes work in terrible environments and um, are getting sick from the way that they have to, to work or they're getting paid, you know, incredibly low wages and it's not worth it to them, but that's all they can do. Um, just to make sure we have like 10 different seasons of clothes a year. Um, and then for us just to turn around and, and, you know, dump it back into Goodwill, which is nice, but then Goodwill being overflowed, you know, and then what happens to the overflow of Goodwill? you know, then some, some other country ends up dealing with all of our mess that we don't want be, all because of fast fashion. Um, and I think that's, I don't know, I think that's a big issue now. And I don't think that's something we were talking about before. And I don't think that it's something we really knew. Um, I feel like social media kind of blew that up and started letting us know what was going on. Um, before social media was huge, all we could do was you know, watch documentaries. And I don't think that they were out there before. So I think that it's like the more we know, um, the better we can do. Yeah, that's a great part of social media, like blowing up problems that a lot of us didn't know existed. So then it's kind of like just educating us all around. 
like yeah like you said before documentaries i'm pretty sure they didn't exactly broadcast this type of stuff probably because either they don't know or i'm just saying like spitballing like maybe somebody's trying to like not have that put into light but ever since social media has come out here there's like what millions of people using the platform they can say whatever they want so some people are cool and they use their platform to educate everybody else yeah it's it's changed drastically since we've been thrifting since we started the podcast since we started since i started the blog um when i started the blog there were very few if any uh blogs about secondhand shopping now there are all sorts of podcasts about sustainability thrifting i mean with everything you know related to climate change and um uh just normalizing secondhand um and the affordability of secondhand there are just like lots of different factors uh that have evolved over time that um people are talking about you know the pandemic changed the way that we shop people are more willing to shop secondhand now because a lot of people lost their jobs and they're trying to save money and so there's that piece of it where people feel more um comfortable talking about uh secondhand and in that in that sense um so i think it's become way more um normalized than it has been and um it used to be very, very taboo. Like you didn't tell people you shop secondhand. Oh yeah. And now people feel um, more proud to talk about it because of whatever reason they feel um, is personal to them. For some people, they're really passionate about the environmental issues or they're passionate about, you know, saving money and, uh, you know, reducing waste. So uh, it's the, the landscape has changed so, 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 so much uh, to the point where like, if you're keeping up, um, you're kind of in the dark. So going back to your podcast, I know you guys and CC did like a preliminary meeting before we decided to record. And I'm pretty sure you guys mentioned that your dynamic is pretty similar to ours, like me and CC's. So just like from your words, how would you describe you two's dynamic? Um... I think that we both love to shock each other, which is <laughs> in different ways. That's like one of our, that's one of our most fun things is to shock each other. Um, like, for example, when we're in a store, I like to sneak up on her and throw stuff at her. Um, <laughs> the, other, the other day I threw a plastic glass at her and she thought it was glass and it was plastic Ooh. and she like totally flipped out. So that's my fun way of trying to shock her. Um, so we love to make each other laugh, and I think that's our number one, like, like why we are dynamic is because we love to make each other laugh. It like keeps us running. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's our fuel. Um, but uh, I don't know. What else? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great way to describe it. Uh, we we love to laugh. We love to. Um, we love, yeah, we like, we like to surprise each other. Uh, and we, we both just, we had mentioned to Cece, like I talk a lot and she listens more. Um, and a part of it too is because I'm preparing a lot of the content. And so I'm like fired up and ready to go and she improvises a lot. So I'm kind of feeding her the information and then she kind of responds to me. So that's kind of how our dynamic is on the podcast, but our dynamic on the podcast is very reflective of our dynamic in real life. Um, we're pretty silly in 
weird. So we, <laughs> we feed <laughs> off of each other's energy in that way. <laughs> you guys are the first podcaster where we're like, we were interviewing like two best friends. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, so we've, too. We've interviewed duos before, like co-hosts, mm-hmm. who not like but they're not acquaintances. close, close. Yeah, it's so, so much it, easier to do it with your friends because it it, is. honestly, it's so much. It's so much more natural, and it's you can freak out behind the scenes if your audio doesn't work, and they won't judge you. Like it's mm-hmm. so much more relaxed. exactly. <laughs> you can act less professional. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So one thing I would love to hear about is what is one time you, like each of you had to kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone? I know we've kind of touched on the answer before, like kind of changing how we're speaking, but is there another time where, you know, you like to do something on the podcast that you really wanted, you had to push yourself out of it? Um, I think for me in the beginning, realizing that um, people would resonate with me more if they understood where I was coming from. And what I mean by that is talking about plus size thrifting. So like, Mm -hmm. I, like, I know I'm a bigger person, but I don't ever talk about it. So I had to talk about it. And so I think that that uh, definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone, but also um, gave us a lot of really great feedback. Like, Hey, me too. Hey, I have to go through that too. What are your tips? You know? So it was it was a little bit tough at first, especially because I knew people that I, people that I know in real life are listening to it. You know what I mean? Um, so, but then at the same time, it's just uh, get, lets me be vulnerable, and then being vulnerable, I think, lets people understand who you really are, who your character is, and um, it all worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't top that. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, crystal achievements uh, for everybody. I mean, not that I want to top that, but uh, the whole podcast experience has been out of my comfort zone. You know, just learning everything from beginning to end, editing, um, learning how to interview people, learning how to get sponsors, like the entire thing. Like content creation comes naturally to me, but podcasting was a learning curve and so the whole process has been kind of out of my comfort zone um you know one like I said one thing that we recently started doing is bringing guests on so kind of the proper etiquette with that and you know connecting with them and making them feel comfortable and you know um getting them prepared for the interviews so uh that's kind of been a a learning process for me I think the same for us, the whole podcasting thing, just because we've never had any experience in anything about content creating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another really cool thing that we'd like to know is when was the time when you felt that your podcast changed something in you as a person? This could range from anything from meeting new people, getting new ideas, just hosting the podcast in general. Uh, I think this year uh, has been really fun because of Zoom. So it's like weird to say because of the pandemic, we like have a new take on the podcast because we can Zoom. Um, But we've gotten to talk to people all around the US, which is just amazing because it's like people that you see on Instagram or whatever, but you would never sit down and talk to them for an hour. 
So sure. I think that that's changed us in the way of like hearing about thrift stores in their area and hearing how they do things like, but one-on-one, -on -one, not just reading like a post. Um, I think that that's, that's been really fun, really eye-opening and given us lots of brand new ideas. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like I mentioned, I really, really like the music in your background. Um, so I know you said that you kind of just chose you, you kind of you opened your husband's mp3 files and chose it but was it more of an instant click like because I think um there's music that goes with a certain vibe right that um and I think yours fits really well so was there any kind of like, intuition or was it like just the first file you clicked and you're like that's it um so it, this is actually a this is a good question. So I was listening to a podcast called uh, Young House Love. I don't know if you guys know them. And um, they were bloggers for ever, years and years. And then they they were one of the earliest people to create a podcast off of their blog. And they had all these like fun and weird sound effects. And it was like upbeat. And I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly what we should do. So mm -hmm. I I researched like, how do you add music to your podcast? And then I thought, what are you doing? Your husband's a musician. Why would you like either pay or try to find royalty free, you know, mute, like weird, funky, playful music when you can use one of your husband's songs? Um, and so I picked the two that I love the most. The, the one in the intro is one of my favorite songs on his album. And um, I think it has a great kind of uh, build up. And then the one in the outro is another one of my favorite songs. And it was another one that also had uh, kind of good buildup as well that would help me, uh, that would allow me to speak over the audio until yeah. the, the beat dropped basically. Uh, so yeah, I just went with two songs that I really liked. They were already on my computer. I just went for it. And then we threw in a record scratching effect and the rest is history. What was your husband's reaction when you said, I'm putting your music on my podcast? He's like the chillest person ever. He's like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but every now and then, if he listens with me in the car or if I have it playing in the background in the house and he hears the the intro music, he'll look around like, wait, that's my song. And then and then he remembers it's on my podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I like, oh, yeah, yeah you put that in your podcast. <laughs> That's cool. So back to your content itself, how do you deal with combining and staying true to the values of the podcast? Did the trends going on around social media and thrifting? Um, one of the things that I think we both do that we don't really even talk about, but you know, in our in our personal lives, but you know, we talk a lot about sustainability, fast fashion, reducing waste. Um, buying what we need um, and not shopping, you know, being wasteful shoppers and being more mindful shoppers. And so, I mean, we talk about it, but we both struggle with it. And so I, I, I you know, when I'm shopping or doing things, I kind of hear our voices sometimes um, when I'm out shopping or online shopping and I'll kind of think about some of the conversations we have and I'll, I'll try to stick to those values because, um, I, I feel like they're really important. So I, I do kind of hear our voices sometimes um, and 
And I think about, you know, some of the research that we've done and I try to bring myself back to that. That's so true. I didn't even think about yeah. that because you're right. Like there'll be lots of times where I'll have like tons of stuff in my cart and then I'm like, but do you really need all of it just because it's $2 each or, or you feel pressure because it's the holidays that you should go out and shop just to shop, not for a purpose. Um, so just like kind of pulling back and trying not to do that. Uh, it's really hard because it's like what you do right now, you know? So, um, yeah, stopping and thinking about things that we're talking about yeah. on the podcast. We have to like, we have to do the things that we talk about. Yeah, I definitely like, I'm slowly getting into kind of secondhand um, shopping. And even with like, I really enjoy it. And, but I still get a lot of emails, especially, you know, the past Black Friday. And I feel so overwhelmed because I like originally had these things in, on my like wish list for the year. And I think about it. And even though they're really good sales and I even sometimes like I would be willing to pay full price because I've been hearing that a lot. Like you're not willing to pay full price for it. Like you shouldn't even like, yep. you shouldn't get it. Well, not you shouldn't get it, but um, think you should think more about getting it. But it's also in general, like these things on my wish list, I don't need, like I have what I have already, you know, and, but it's still like, there's just a lot of attention grabbing things these days. Yeah. And it's hard. Social and, sales going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly being advertised to everywhere we go, email, social media, the store in our cars, everywhere we go. And so I just try to think about some of our conversations. So um, we can continue to work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And one last question uh, we like to ask everyone is, yeah, for those interested in starting a podcast, what is one advice you would give them? Don't take yourself too seriously. That's great advice, Shannon. <laughs> that really is. Yeah. Um, I would say, so somebody starting a podcast with a friend. Yeah. Um, say, allow them to just be themselves. Allow them to, to, to be who they need to be in that setting. And because, mm -hmm. you know, you feel like there's a lot of pressure when you're recording and um, you, yeah, you can just be who you are. That's the beauty of, of the dynamic. But Shannon's advice is really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just allow them to be who they are um, in that setting. Yeah. Podcasting something too serious. I think all of us took it a bit too tensely in yeah, the beginning. Yeah. And, and I, I spent a lot of time being very tense because you know mm -hmm. I wanted it to be good. It was a reflection of my brand and my website and I still want it to be good. I still, you know, I still want that. That's very important to me. Um, but there are a lot of times where I was tense about the topic or the way this conversation was going or how the editing was gonna sound or how why the right. microphone wasn't working. And um, the times that we were just ourselves and felt comfortable in that setting were the best episodes. Definitely more relaxed when you get to be yourself. Yeah. So it's like a reflection of who you are instead of what you're trying to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Well, those are all the questions that we have.
for you today. Um, we really enjoyed talking to you and the conversation was very refreshing and casual and it felt good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having us. We, we really love uh, talking with other podcasters and learning from one another. And it's always nice to hear a uh, set of besties doing what we're doing as well. Same for us <laughs> and to our listeners out there. Thank you so much for listening. Have, Have a great, great Sunday.